Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Growth and Greatness Podcast. I am your host, Candice Lamb, and I'm so excited to be joining you guys again tonight. I hope that your week is off to a great start. Honestly, I cannot believe that summer is almost over and that fall is on its way. We have an amazing show planned for you tonight. Our topic tonight is how to show up like a boss. I think we all desire to show up like a boss in our lives. For some of us, being a boss is rising up the ranks of an existing organization. For others, it is launching your own business or your own brand. And still for others, it's running a smooth household. Hello. Whichever you choose, there are some fundamental ways that we all have to grow in order to bring out the boss that's on the inside of us. My very special guest tonight is Patrina Painter, aka power girl. She is the managing director of Big Brothers and Big Sisters of Bermuda. Patrina is also an empowerment speaker as well as a social media influencer. She is a boss in more ways than one. She's probably one of the most well-known people on the whole island of Bermuda and we are so excited to be talking with her tonight. <laughs> Yay, I guess. We don't have a studio audience just yet. Yeah, so we are uh, we sharing our own kind of love tonight. <laughs> So, Patrina, it is so great to have you on the show tonight. It's it's really exciting to be here. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I saw the title about being a boss, I was like, boss? Huh? <laughs> but, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Good, good, good. I'm glad. So, well, let's kick it off. I don't want to dive too deep into the questions just yet, but my okay. first question for you is, what does it mean to you to be a boss? Okay, so first of all, um, you know, when some people think of boss, they think of, you know, I'm ruling things, I'm in charge, all that type of stuff. I don't see it like that. I think of responsibility. Ah. Um, I think of decision making. Uh-huh. I think of leadership. I think of pressure. I think of staying up late at night. So, so for me, I mean, for some people, the definition is I want to be all powerful, all this and that. Yeah. But I don't view it as that. Um, I view it as a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. um, and, and getting the job done. Yeah. How do you think that that differs from maybe the the messaging that we get in society right now where everybody's like, move like a boss, run like a boss, do this whole thing. How do you feel like that's different than what you're saying? Yeah, because it's different because it's different from what most of ex- experience because when someone is saying they're a boss, right? Mm-hmm. And someone is, a, in fact, a real boss, they're managing something. Mm-hmm. They're running something. They have might have employees underneath them. They might be an entrepreneur. And let me tell you something. It's sleepless nights. It's it's vision. It's forward thinking. It's managing staff, managing personalities. It's keeping yourself humble. It's 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 learning new things. It's it's keeping on top of just ev- everything, you know. Yeah. And it feels like the weight of the world at times. Mm-hmm. And that's the side of it that 
people don't think of because everybody sees the the Instagram images. I'm a boss. I got a I got a Louis Vuitton bag. I got I'm traveling first class. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But people don't always see like the hard work that goes on behind the scenes of mm-hmm. of taking the pressure. And also as a boss, you also have to know that eyes are going to be on you. Okay. Leadership roles, people are going to be judging everything you do, mm-hmm. and you're gonna sometimes not make the right choices, make the right decisions. You know what I mean? So, right. so it's it's a lot. It's it's a for me when I'm looking at people, oh, I'm a boss. This is me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I work hard. <laughs> you know, like, right. you know, I mean, I, I, and, I, and it's no disrespect to people, like I said. Sure. You know, sure. and I and I get it. It's empowering to feel like your boss. It's you know, put on a nice outfit, and I'm I'm working hard, and I'm accomplishing my goals. And mm-hmm. power to everyone that does that. Yeah. But just know it, it it takes commitment and hard work. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think what's so interesting about being a boss is sometimes there's a there's a group of people that aspire to it. Yes. They aspire to the glamour of it. Yes. But then the people who are actually walking in it, you're like, you're a boss. And they're like, oh, God. <laughs> I mean, no, it, because it, 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 t- it takes work. And I mean, one thing that I will say about people that, that I know, and even in Bermuda's community that, you know, I'm in some of the circles, and a lot of us were there, were up at night, one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning with ideas and vision and things that we're thinking about what we could be doing better. We're thinking about the new idea. We're mm-hmm. thinking about how we can help somebody. It's it's just like your mind is constantly ticking and you're constantly want to go, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think differentiates the person who's aspiring to be a boss and the person who's settling in to be like, okay, this is what it is and I'm about to do it? Do you feel like it's just an attitude thing? Do you think that it is a work ethic thing? Do you think it's a hustle and grind? Like, what is it that makes the difference, right? Because I feel like the people, uh, there are people that may be watching us tonight and they're ready, like they're ready to take their career to the next level. They're ready to just show up in a different way, in a more empowered way, like how can they dig deep in and find that thing that's going to take them over the edge? So, so the thing is, is what a lot of people don't realize, a lot of times I do things, I do it afraid. Mm. Um, you know, and sometimes it's, you know what, just do it. You know, um, people see me on a stage with a mic and a mic I'm very comfortable with, but sometimes people haven't seen me like in a boardroom having to make a presentation about a charity or, or having to present about anything, you know, that, that I'm passionate about, or I'm trying to sell something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have been so intimidating going in a boardroom, let's say where it's on a sixth floor of a a business and, and it's all men and I'm, I'm a young black woman and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I get in there and I just feel intimidated and I feel like I want to be swallowed up alive and it's like I'm like no I'm called to do this I have to do this I have to have my voice heard I got to do this yeah and I think it's that drive it's it's just getting out there and doing it it's almost like doing your podcast right you know many people speak of doing it but how many people actually just say you know what I'm just gonna get this done like I'm getting I'm gonna start it tomorrow you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's just doing these. And yeah. a lot of times when I have ideas, I'm just like, okay, let's just get it done. Yeah. It may not be perfect, but I'm doing something. Right. You know what else I think is really interesting? And I think it's also important for those who feel like they want to take their career and their position in life and into the next level is I think you've got to identify a why. What is your bigger why? Right? Because that is the thing that's going to fuel you to do it afraid. Candace, when I, you're, like, I, like, I yeah? like what you said there, right? Because a lot of people want to be a boss, but why do you want to be a boss? <laughs> why? <laughs> no, like seriously, do you want to be a boss to have an 
nice bag, a yeah. nice outfit? Do you want to be a boss to look good on Instagram? Or do you want to be a boss to bring about impact? That's and so right. for me, I don't care about the titles. Like, honestly, I got a Queen Certificate Badge of Honor. I'm going to just let you know, it's not hanging on my wall. <laughs> okay. I'm just letting you know, but I honestly, that stuff uh-huh. does not matter to me. I'm not uh-huh. like, trying to do anything to be somebody. I'm, I don't yeah. want to be somebody. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. Yeah. You know, and I think you have to kind of know what is your purpose? Why? What is the why? Exactly. And if it's, if it's just to look good and say I'm a boss, then you're missing the whole point. Absolutely. And here's the thing. And if you haven't identified the why that's big enough to motivate you to do it afraid. Yes, Odds are the resistance that you're going to encounter in doing the job yep. is going to scare you off. Like you're going to be like, I don't need this <laughs> because your why is not big enough to ground you. There is so much resistance. Like you were talking about the pressure, all eyes on you, constant scrutiny and criticism. And those are the negative parts of it. But even healthy critique, those things are hard to go it's through hard. and grow through. You know what? Well. And, and, and sometimes you have to shut your mouth and you have to take that constructive Come criticism. On. I mean, you know, it's hard. I'm not going to lie. But somebody says, and I'm sitting there like, I know this girl didn't just say this to me. But then I actually know it's almost like when the pastor preaches in church. Like sometimes you're like, he ain't talking to me. But then you go back home and you reflect. And, and I'm very reflective. So I'll go back and, and the person may have irritated me, but they say might have hurt. Mm-hmm. But I go back home and I'm like, okay, Petrina, really like, could you have handled that differently? Maybe you could have, maybe you yes. do need to work on this. Yes. And that's the other part, right? Is not being afraid to take the constructive criticism, but also not being afraid to learn from others. Um, realizing that just because you're the person in charge of an organization or your mm-hmm. business, that your employees or your staff, or whatever it is, are like your best, your biggest resource. Absolutely. You know, they all have something to offer. It's not just you that has something to offer. It's not just for you to shine. It's for everyone to shine. It's for everybody to, to, to work together to get the um, greater goal done. That's right. I love that. As a boss, you've got to position yourself to learn from others. If you are not learning from others, you're not really leading, right? If you, if you are putting this pressure on yourself that you have got to be the end all and the be all of all information, you're that you have a ticking, <laughs> your clock is running out mm-hmm. on the, uh, the effectiveness of your leadership because you should always be learning and you should always be growing. And one of the harder things to do in leadership is being able to mine the the value of everything that's being said, regardless of where it's coming from. Because there's a lot of times where it's like, I... I don't want to hear that from you. But even with <laughs> right. reference to ideas though, like, so for example, I might come up with this concept and the concept might be really, really good, but then it might be someone else that can take it to the next level. Yep. So it's like, you want to be able to, to empower them as well. Cause they might be the next boss. They might be the next person that's in leadership, maybe there or somewhere else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing. I found that like, even when I came back from university, I started working and stuff. And I found that some people were like, they just wanted to keep everything to themselves mm-hmm. and I was admiring I was like oh these are boss she's this and then it was just kind of like Ugh. and then you get a select few that want to help and I think that's the other thing for me the importance of mentorship yep. you as as the person that's in leadership mentoring the other people that are that are coming up behind you and then also for you to have met mentors yep. that you can go and talk to and that you can feed off of and get um, ideas from I mean for me 
I, I look at a lot of people in the community and one of them was John Swan. And I picked up the phone and I was like, okay, I want to arrange a meeting with John Swan. Somebody was like, why do you want to meet? I said, listen, he may tell me no, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to go sit off and talk to him just to see. And he actually let me come and he talked to me and he talked me through some stuff. And I was like, this is, this is wow. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was ask. And sometimes we're afraid to ask, right? Yes. One of the things that are so important about mentorship is being able to put yourself in a position where somebody can pour into you, Yes. right? But you were also talking about the kind of leaders that kind of hoard all of the information and all of the resources for themselves. And I find that um, you cannot use your leadership, you cannot use your boss position or your boss role to meet an emotional need inside, inside of you. Of yourself, like you yeah. can't use it to to bolster your self-esteem. Like when you start using your title to do something for your self-esteem, I think you end up misusing your leadership role for something that's not what it's supposed to do. Like it short circuits the overall impact that you should have. I agree 100%. Yeah. And the thing is, is that like, I believe that God has put me in this position for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if I'm cold and this is my purpose, why am I going to keep this all to myself? I'm not going right. to be here forever. You right. know what I mean? So I have to pass it on to the next generation right. or, or the next person that wants to learn or the next person that, you know, needs that advice and needs some help. And I mean, I have a lot of young people that contact me. I actually run a mentoring organization, uh-huh. but outside of that, I have other younger leaders that are coming up and saying, Hey, how did you do this? And can you give me, give me advice on this? And oh, what do I have to hide? Mm-hmm. I also want to ask you another question because for those of you who live in Bermuda, you know who John Swan is, and he's a very um, influential leader in the Bermudian community. He's got such a huge um, reputation and a huge presence in Bermuda. But before you got to the point where you could call John Swan and ask for a meeting, who else was mentoring you? Because I think a lot of times we find people who are like, I want to go straight to the top. I want to ask the top guy to mentor me. And maybe there's some steps in between that they should be taking to get some of that um, mentoring gold. I will say that there are many, there are numerous people Mm -hmm. that in my life have mentored me, Hmm. um, you know, in different areas. So for example, you might have somebody like uh, Rick Richardson, that's media. You might have somebody like Gina Spence that was into community. Mm -hmm. You might have somebody like Ed Christopher, that's a host. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, so for me, it's, it's a lot of people Mm -hmm. that have poured into me, you know what I mean? And and I'm not afraid to ask Mm -hmm. and I'm not afraid to, to take the criticism and be critiqued by them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the other part. You have to be able to take it and you also have to be able to listen. Um, that was always a hard thing for me because m- my mom would tell everybody that, you know, growing up, I like to talk, 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 talk. And, and then the listening part was always difficult. Uh-huh. But then as you transition into roles, you have to kind of sometimes shut your mouth and actually listen. And um, so some because because you miss what people have to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might be missing out on some powerful nuggets just by not, you know, doing that. Yep. So a lot of times now I'm really listening yep. Yep. to what people are telling me and what they're saying. And from that, it's like, wow, like it opens up your eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of things when you are, when you know that you're 
wanting and you're reaching for something more. You've got to, we, we all have to develop these habits of listening and really trying to extract the value out of every experience that we're having. Yes. So often we're kind of on this autopilot or we're so consumed with our own vision, our own ideas, our own point of view that we're not on intake as much as we should. So we might hear it, but we're just hearing it so that we can better respond. We're not hearing it to get the value Mm -hmm. out of it. So um, one of the other questions I wanted to ask you was, what has been one of the most valuable lessons you've learned about leadership along your journey? That I don't know everything. I don't know it all. Um, you know, no, I'm just did, it, did it come as a shock to you though? I, I, you really want me to be honest about that? You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause sometimes you think I'm just saying, I mean, yeah. Like, so, like, I'm like, oh, I don't know nothing. Like, but, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. so before I got in the row, it's like, I thought I knew. Yes. But then I got in the row. I'm like, I don't know nothing. It's like, I not only do I know nothing, I don't know. I I know less than nothing. Like, what am I doing here? Who chose me? uh, To be quite honest with you, I'll I'll give you an example. Running off for profit, I... I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this. Da, da, da. And then I entered it and then I found out everything that goes behind it. And I was like, what was I thinking? Why did I take this job again? I don't know what I'm doing. And then you enter the room with other people that are that have been in these roles that are more seasoned than you and they speak the lingo and they know their stuff. And then afterwards just sitting there like, I don't belong here. Mm-hmm. I don't belong. And to be quite honest with you, I've been in so many spaces where I don't belong. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I don't. At least you feel that way. I don't feel yeah. like I belong. And I've, it's been uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's been eye-opening. And it's really been humbling. Yeah, yeah. I think part of the reason, and I can speak from my own experience, part of the reason why I was so inflated in my formative years <laughs> is because I wasn't in enough circles where I could see other people winning at the thing that I wanted to do. Okay. So I was like, you know, because I didn't see it, obviously I'm the smartest one. <laughs> you know what I mean? If anybody is listening and they can relate, put something in the chat about that. But, but like the question is, are you really surrounding yourself with people who are doing the thing that you want to do? Yeah. Because you need that, not for comparison, not to kill your dream with comparison, but for you to be able to evaluate, to to um, compare like with like, right? Because too often times um, we are like, we feel like the, the, the big fish in the small pond. And so we're kind of like poo-pooing on everybody else because we feel like we're much more advanced. But the only reason why we feel that way is because we have yet to find our tribe and see that there are other people that are killing it you know and when you enter that you're like (laughs) you're like oh hi can I go back to the small pond because like I don't belong in here and I'm I'm gonna tell you like I really I really felt like I didn't belong yeah and in my my hosting job I'm good hosting I'm fine but with the non-for-profit stuff I felt like I didn't belong when I was working at HSBC as a relationship manager I felt like I didn't belong I I'm telling you literally sweating shaking in my boots the person that's the great public speaker gets up there and is messing up her words and stuttering and yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did you begin to tap into your confidence in a healthy way, right? Because we can all kind of stay in that place and feel like, man, I don't belong. I shouldn't be here and 
all that stuff. And if you stay there too long, you won't, you won't uh, risk, you know, take the risk and, and step out and do the thing that you need to do. So how do you begin to tap into the confidence that's necessary for you to even learn long enough to get good? <laughs> she said long Oh my goodness. It, I'll, I'll share one example. Um, when I was at H- HSBC, I was a relationship manager marketing. For those of you who don't know, that's a bank. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, so I had to go and, and I was on the sixth floor and these all basically all men and I'm having to present and um, I got up there and I, I looked like I was 12. I was a woman. I was, you know, so sure. everybody's talking over me and I'm, you know, and normally I can take the stage and whatever. Yep. And, and I was so uncomfortable. And then one day, one of the gentlemen came up to me. He goes, aren't you power girl? He was like, well, you need to be power girl in that room too. Cause that's not what I'm used to seeing. I'm like, okay, thank you. And from that, when I entered the room the next time, I pretended I had a mic and I pretended I was on the stage and I just was power girl, but not in that way. But I was yeah. able to kind of, when somebody tried to talk over me, I was yeah. able to draw them back in. Yeah. And so I also had another meeting with um, someone that's in the industry, a mm-hmm. gentleman, Ralph Richardson. Mm-hmm. And um, hi, Ralph. Just hi, Ralph. <laughs> but he was also someone that sat off and talked to me and he told me, Katrina, you're in this role for a reason mm-hmm. and you bring something to the table. Yep. You are who you are. Yep. Be you. That's right. Don't try to be these other nonprofit leaders. Yep. Whatever you bring to the table is something completely different from what they bring. So it was for me realizing that I don't have to be like them. Mm-hmm. I can walk to the beat of a different drummer. I can be a little more vibrant. Yep. I can be a little more hyper mm-hmm. and that's okay because that's who God made me to be. Right. So now it's like, you know what? I may not necessarily fit in this mode of what a nonprofit leader looks like, mm-hmm. but you know what? I'm a nonprofit leader. That's right. That's right. I, because God created me in this way and my yep. leadership style is not going to be like yours, like yours, like yours. This is going to be my leadership style and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference. Right. I love that you said that because I think so oftentimes we think that in order for us to win, we have to conform. Yeah, I thought I did. I thought I did. And I, because I, I've been told, oh, you're loud, oh, you're too this, oh, you're too that. And I'll never forget, it was a Real Gazette article. They were talking about um, me getting something and somebody wrote, Power Girl? You need a girl that jumps up and down and does, you know, says pom pom. They were like, she's a leader for nonprofit. What type of like? Oh, and wow. they and I'm sitting there like, do they think that I? That's all I do. Do they mm-hmm. think that I'm not educated? Do they think that I'm just some little ditz that's up there? Little pom pom. No, I know how to go, have a good time. Yep. And I, you know, I'm not afraid to be who I am. But at right. the same time, if I have to sit and present to someone, I know how to speak. I that's know right. how to articulate things. And I was really hurt then. And I was like, wow, this is what people think of me. I love that you're saying that because I think that sometimes when we are trying to find our unique voice, right, there is a school of thought that says, hey, this is who I am. Like, let's just say I am Power Girl. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know uh, who Power Girl is, Katrina 
was a radio personality and that's what her her uh, alias was power girl it still is <laughs> but she's not on the radio anymore so um there are some people that are like i'm power girl and i'm gonna bring all of power girl to hsbc and they're gonna they're gonna get with it or they're not you know what i mean no. but they're <laughs> no. She no. Says, no. Yeah, no and, and i know and i but the thing is i also i had to find a balance as well there right? you go so there is there a balance go. of power girl patrina and all of that it's, yep. it's a balance but at the same time it was also finding that correct balance yes you know but i'll never forget there was one time i went to present somewhere and the ceo of a company was i was working with my board and the ceo of a company saw me and she was like power girl and i was like hi she was like oh my goodness did it and and my boy was looking like girl you better use that <laughs> like you know, you know but, it, but it was but it's it's funny because you know here it is i was trying to be so buttoned up. Bougie uh-huh. and buttoned up <laughs> but no sometimes you know just be be who, who you are you know obviously know the balance of it right but be who you are Absolutely. So, Petrina, what advice would you give to your younger self or uh, younger a younger professional who is trying to rise through the ranks? First of all, for myself, my younger self, I suffer with a lot of new self-esteem. Mm. I suffer with a lot of, um, once again, like trying to be somebody I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would tell myself that, girl, you're sharp. You rock it. You nail it be who you are mm-hmm. because when you be who you are the other people will be following you mm-hmm. you don't have to run after other people mm-hmm. you know um the other thing is 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 keep your mouth quiet and listen <laughs> mm-hmm. listen and also the importance of actually having a tribe mm. um that was also something that i never really I had friends, mm-hmm. but I didn't see the value of, of the full tribe experience you mm-hmm. know, and having people that are in the same industry and you that you can bounce ideas off of and, yep. and, um, that, you know, you can, you can work along with and, and, and just have people that can empower you as well. Um, I think that's really, really needed. And also the fact of really, um, honing in on that mentorship piece, mm-hmm. you know, being able to look at that, that person, because the people that are before you, that came before you, there was a lot to learn from them mm-hmm. and a lot of times we we, we push their ideas away and we, mm-hmm. we don't want to listen we're new we're improved this is what we're going to do but they have so much value mm-hmm. so much history so I think it's very important to know that and the other thing is also the people that are coming up behind you also have value mm-hmm. so for me it's getting those ideas from from people that have come before you yep. but also talking to those who are um, coming after you like we, we just had some, an intern in the office and the first thing that I asked them to do is look at Big Brothers Big Sisters and and tell me what do you think of it and also I want to know your ideas what do you think we could be doing what could we do differently and they were like you can know that from us I'm like yeah because you're like in your you're, you're like 21 you have better ideas than me mm-hmm. and once I did that the ideas that they came up with that she, one of them was able to do our girls empowerment tea you know mm-hmm. like she actually planned that event because we just gave mm-hmm. her that opportunity so it's it's empowering both, yeah, both um, demographics. So. I like how you started off saying that you know you have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is, what was that journey like for you finding out who Katrina is, right? Because when you are coming up and you are all eyes on you and people are scrutinizing you and they're giving you their their unsolicited opinions about everything that you're doing, how did you find out who you were? And how have you been able to stick to that? 
I think I always kind of knew mm-hmm. who I was, um, but I just was afraid to be who I was. Mm. So I think, you know, if anybody else can relate to that, put it in the chat, how you, if you know who you are, but you're just afraid to embrace I that. Think, I think I was afraid to embrace it. it. I think because I was different, I mm-hmm. walked a beat of a different drama. People didn't like me. People talked about me. And so it's like, I was trying to fill in the gaps and be what I would, what they thought I was supposed to be, who I was, who, who, who could fit in, who yeah. works, who works well, who works well in church, who works well in school, yeah. who works well in home. But me, the, 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 the person that I am, this energy, mm-hmm. you know, the person that sometimes, oh, she irritates me. Her voice irritates me. Oh, she's this, uh, like, you know, that person, own it, be who I am. That's it. And that, and that's, and I just, ha- I, I, I think I've always, like, from an early age, my mom would even say, this is who she's always been called to be. This is who God called her to be. Yeah. But I was afraid mm-hmm. because people didn't seem to take to me. Mm. I was too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was too much. Yeah. You know, I think that there are a lot of people who feel that way about themselves. I can I can attest to that. I think I grew up for most of my life thinking that I was too much too like oh you're too intense oh you're too passionate oh you're too like assertive you're too this you're too that and um to the wrong group you're too much or not enough this is oh my goodness you just nailed it right so the people that are not for you the people that are not called to you, you're either too much or you're not enough. Yeah. But you cannot use those groups to define who you are or restrict who you are because there's somebody out there in the world and you're just enough. I think about the, uh, what's that little... Um, what is it? Goldilocks? Goldilocks, yeah. And the three bears. <laughs> and, and the bed's too hard in the bed, but there's a bed that's going to fit for you. There's a, there's a space that's going to fit for you. You and don't stop until you find it. That doesn't mean that you don't have to refine yes. yourself. It doesn't mean that you don't have to find balance. It doesn't mean that you don't have to improve yourself, but you, you should not be looking to renovate your entire existence to step into the level of success or to find your space of being a boss and I, that's in your heart. And, and I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to change Everything, everything. Has, has instilled in them, and we are all unique. Yeah, we were made this way for a reason, you know. And so it was me being able to just earn that. Yeah, and just be like, you know what? This is who I am. Yeah, take me. You, you don't have to like me. It's okay. I don't care. Like even like if someone is told, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Oh, I hurt. Okay. Oh, good. Listen, I'm fine. You know, people be hearing. This is it. <laughs> and 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 so it, it, it's really just being able to earn who you are. And just mm-hmm. move forward. I see some people in the chat um, saying that they have just allowed obstacles to kind of stand in their way. If they could tell themselves their their younger self something, it would just be to just keep swimming. Hey, listen, Dork, just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Find Nemo. Just keep swimming. swimming. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just couldn't help it. Thanks, Sabrina. One. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> keep at it. Don't don't stop and don't second guess yourself so much to the point that you're not moving anymore. That you're not pursuing the thing that's in your heart. And that's what's happening to a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people are frozen because of people. Oh my God. Because it's of people. So true. And, and so for me, I had to stop doing that. I heard people's voices for so long and it was just like, just stop. 
Yeah. Just stop. Like you are blocking me from my blessing. You are blocking me from my purpose. You are blocking me from what I'm called to do. Stop it. I don't need to hear it. Now, if somebody has something negative to say, you know, I take it for face value. If it's something that I really need to hear, maybe it's something I need to work on. Sure. And I'm going to take it. I'm going to listen and I'm going to process it because I process everything that people do say. But at the end of the day, if if it's not feeling right in the spirit, I'm moving forward. That's right. I am moving forward because I'm called to do something. And the thing is, I want to put this out to everybody that is there. You're all called. You all have a purpose. God has a plan for you, but it's a matter of what are you going to do with what he's instilled into in you. And a lot of us, we're still, we don't do anything. Yep. And then we look at other people and we get upset. I mean, I don't, don't get me wrong. I've done the same thing. I've seen where I was supposed to do something Uh and I saw somebody else do the same thing that I was supposed to do. And I got upset and I got annoyed and I'm like my sister was my my check yourself <laughs> why so so you're upset because she did but well have you started what you oh did okay. you uh, I can't hear you. And afterwards, I'm sitting there like, you know what? You're right. So why don't I get mad? That's a hater. Come That's on. That's a hater. And we do that a lot, you know. We do. Or, Somebody, or we'll pick it apart because yes. we feel like we know the way that it Listen. should be done. We haven't done not one, not day one of it. Listen. But now all of a sudden, oh, we're the done, expert. She done opened up. Girl, you saw her clothing line? Uh-huh. You saw the stitching? Uh-huh. Oh, she started the cake business? Girl, her cakes don't even taste nice. Oh, exactly. You saw her logo? It ain't even free. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we, we sit right. there. We're talking about people were were was so terrible oh i'm telling God. you i'm but, telling but listen, you listen let me tell you something it happens to all of us yeah all of us get a twinge of something yeah and and that's the one thing that i that i do want to say is that nobody's sitting here like oh you're right oh you opened up your business i'm so happy for you because <laughs> in the back of my head i'm like well i don't like it yeah and that's the part right there we're human and but at the end of the day, you got to do you. You got to do what you're called to do. And it will eliminate all of that other mess. It will eliminate those voices in your head. When you are doing, you don't have no time Come on. to be hating on somebody else. I don't Come have on. time. Like, honestly, I don't have time to hate on anybody else. You're right I'm, about I'm it. I'm doing. I don't have time to worry about what you're saying about me because I'm busy doing. You that's might right. not like me. You might not like everything that I'm doing. You might be, but that's yep. okay. Yep. Because I'm doing. Yep. You know, and, and, that, and that's For the sure. thing. We got to, people's got to move forward. Forward. For sure. If you done. if you feel like you have a dream on the inside of yourself, if you feel like you see a better version of yourself in your mind's eye that you have not yet aspired to, but you are highly critical or you're you're negative or you're complaining about all of these things around you, so oftentimes that is because it is pent up energy that you yes. should be using yes. towards the thing that's on the inside of you, but because you're not not using it there you are exerting it in negativity and criticism <laughs> come on now because you're sitting on the couch and all of that energy that you should be putting into your business now you're putting it into criticism <laughs> someone is saying here Lisa Hollis yep, yep. it's also hard when society says that you have to have a level of education to be successful I often feel I often I feel that often as a small, let me tell you something. Let me tell you about education. I am, I, I'm a firm believer in education. I don't want anybody to get on this and be like, oh, well, Katrina said, don't yep. get your education. I'm not saying that. But it doesn't matter your level of education. Whatever you're called to do, you're called to do. 
education has nothing to do with being successful. That's right. And that's one thing that I do want to say. I mean, if you look at some of the most successful people in the world today, some of them were not college educated people. You're right. I mean, there are, there are a, a small number of, of, um, professions that, mandate education. If you're going to be a doctor, please, please, if you're a doctor, please, <laughs> a please don't come and operate on me. If you're an accountant, <laughs> take a class. <laughs> I've a doctor talk about, so I haven't been to university, but I'm, I want to operate on your spleen. Uh, no, thank you. I just like, want to open you up and feel my, feel my way around. Listen. But there are a lot of positions that you can take in the world and make a difference without having a formalized education. But you know, I've seen some people and I, and this person, said it right. They said, education does not dictate your success. Only you have that authority. Keep it moving. Congrats on success. Let me tell you something. It doesn't. Right. I have seen, it's almost like, and I don't want to say this anything about, this has nothing to do with Bermuda's educational system. So don't take it as that. But you're a teacher, you get your education, you get your degree and you get in front of a class and the class is looking at you and you just can't, you're not a good teacher. Yeah, because you're not cold. There so you go. You know, I'm just saying. Just because so, you know it doesn't mean you're called to teach it. Mm-hmm. Like, but there are some people who they are they are made for this thing that's on the inside yes, of them. Yes, yes. And just because you know you you didn't have a formalized education or you didn't take a, a get the certification or all this, that doesn't mean that you're any less qualified. Now, if you you know. It may give credibility to you, but it shouldn't stop you from doing what you need to do. And also now there are certifications. Absolutely. You know, there are certifications that you can do in those different fields. Absolutely. So I'm not saying don't you know, move forward, but you can, you, it's, it's ways that you can do it. That's right. And but don't let yourself. those kinds of things hold you back. Someone said, I have a, a degree in real life. Come on, Sonia. Talk about, you're Sonya. talking right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so my next question is, how do you maintain humility in your leadership? We've been talking about how to be a boss, the responsibility that it comes with and all of those things. And even being able to tap into the confidence that's going to let you show up in an authentic way. But there is a tension between showing up in a confident way and being humble. How do you find, how do you strike that balance? Well, I didn't do this myself. My gifts came from God. So I acknowledge that and I know that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like everything that I am is because of him. Mm-hmm. So I can't take credit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At yep. the end of the day. And that's that's the thing for me, I think. Yep. You know? I love that you said that, but I want to dig a little bit deeper just because I feel like there are some people who would also answer the same way. They'd be like, yeah, everything that I get comes from God. But the way that they interact with their team doesn't always strike. It doesn't strike a humble chord. Right. Because I'm not perfect. Right. I make mistakes. Right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, honestly, I make, I make a lot of mistakes. (laughs) I don't know everything. Um, I'm not going to always get it right. Sometimes it might be somebody else on staff or someone else that has a better way of doing things and I have mm-hmm. to follow suit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's, it's, I'm not the end all be all. Right. You know, and there are other people that are better. 
Yeah. There are other people that will come in and be better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's. So how do you strike the balance of leading when you're realizing that maybe somebody may have a better idea or maybe somebody may be better in a particular area, mm-hmm. right? So like I'm the one that's called to lead. I have the responsibility to lead, but I'm also balancing this information that somebody may be smarter in this area or somebody. That's so okay. how do you, how do you utilize show up as the leader? Utilize them. Mm-hmm. You know, utilize them in their area of strength. I know that I am not the best decorator. I know, but I have somebody on my staff that let me tell you something. We're having an event. She will put the bows and the bells and the whistles. I'm like, honey, don't ask me what color tablecloths. Don't ask me if this goes with, uh, don't ask me that. Don't, Mm -hmm. don't, that's not what I'm good at. I, I know I'm not. You know, it, it. I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. Yeah. And that's what the purpose of team is. Yep. So while I might be the person in charge, I'm not the end or be all. I can't do everything myself. Right. You know, and sometimes we try to do everything ourselves, but you need, we need each other. It's almost like how you say the body of Christ and also in a, in a marriage, you need each other. You have to work together. It's a yep. marriage, right? Yep. So are, have you ever experienced a time where somebody on your team was better at something and yes! it was, but, but yes! hold on, ho, 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 yes! but they were better at something in the space of leadership that you needed to be better at. Right. Yes. So it's like, and you, you, you learn from that. Right. So it's, it's not just like, cause I, I hear what you're saying and I can appreciate that having somebody be a better decorator. That is cool. Obviously you're well, going to yeah. utilize I them know because you, I know it's a support thing. Right? right. But then how do you have that person that you're leading, but obviously they're showing up in a way, you know what I mean? Like they're showing some tendencies that almost can feel like they should be where you're at. So, so maybe they do need to be where I'm at. Maybe, maybe it's having the conversation. Like it's been times that with other people that you have the conversation of like, look, are you into, what are you, what, where do you want to go within this organization or where do you want to go within your career period? Yep. And maybe it's looking at what are the other opportunities for, but they have to want it. Right. Cause some, you know, you never know. Like if you have a person that's coming up as a leader, you don't want to stunt that. Right. You don't want to stunt that. Right. You know? But I think, I think being a boss is also having those types of instincts, right? Cause too I, oftentimes we just think about the people that are supporting us, right? right? They're under our leadership. We're the, you know, for lack of a better term, like we're like a mama hen and we're doing the leading mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But sometimes there it's are people that are under that. you right. that are, that are maybe supposed to, um, now come alongside you or maybe in some cases even surpass you but how do you identify that how are you confident enough to to invest in that and bolster well, so that the other and- thing is is that like for example in a position that i'm in right now i know that i'm not going to be in that position forever mm-hmm. there is going to have to be a time when somebody else takes over you know so right now to be honest with you we we're look we're looking to see like okay who could be the person next in line is it somebody that we already have on staff or is it somewhere someone we have to look out for you mm-hmm. know what i mean um for me i i, I want to encourage people to to take roles of leadership if they want that you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i want to encourage people yep um in whatever way that i can yep you know, um, but yeah, I mean, if somebody comes up and up the way better than you, then you're kind of like, okay, well, maybe they need to be training up for something. You don't want to give up your role right away, Candace. Right. Candace, like, so do you just give them your job? Well, no, no but the, the reason why I ask yeah. that is because I think sometimes, you know, I think sometimes that is why you have 
those leaders that become the hoarders of all of this stuff, you right? Can. So you have somebody that's coming up and they seem like that person has promise. And you so mentor. I feel threat I feel threatened by it. So mentor. I lock I lock up all my information, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of being an open-handed leader where I'm sharing what I have. Right. You know what I mean? So no, how I mean, do you But for me, it's 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 what do you, what do you want to know? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I have young people that want to know. You have, yep. I mean, whether it comes, whether it's, you know, running a nonprofit, whether it's, you know, the MCN or other parts of the work that I do, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to that. If people want to sit down, I have no issue with that. Yep. You know what I mean? Because it's, it, people, I'm not the end of whole be all. And the other part is, is that it's room for all of us. You know, and I think that's the part that sometimes people forget is that, you know, it's a big world. Yeah. It's room for all of us. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be me and I'm not going to be you. Right. But there is room for both of us. You right. Know? So. Right. Um, I love that. I love that you're saying that because I think um, one of the things about being a boss is we are responsible for the organization. We are responsible for the interests of the organization for wherever you're leading. If it's your home, if it's a, if it's your own company, whatever it is, like we are responsible for our own interests. But being a boss means we have to balance. We've got to balance the supporters and we've got to balance the shining stars that are supposed to to be shooting stars and how do we nurture those 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 talents how do we nurture them the same way that we would nurture somebody that's going to sit in a seat of support for 10 20 years yeah right and are we ambidextrous enough to be the same quality of leader to both some it's, people are only good leaders to the people that are going to be under them for forever it's 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 definitely hard um it's like leadership and, and people, personalities, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. Because you have one staff member that has a strength in one area. You have one staff member that might be bubbly and excited to come to work every day. You may have another staff member that's like, I'm tired. You have another staff. Like it, it's, you know, yeah. but as, as as a leader, yeah. you have to be able to work with all of them. You've got to be able to lead them all. All of them. Right. Right. But and you notice I said, you said lead, I said work with them. Yeah. Because like for me, I don't consider myself... You understand what I mean? Yep. I consider myself on that same level. It's yep. not um her. You know, it's it's us. What what team? Yep. You know what I mean? And um whatever I have to mm-hmm. give, whatever I can assist them with or, or guide them with, I'm there for that. Yep. But then also it's recognizing do they need training? Mm-hmm. Do they need something else yep. that I that I can't provide to help them to get to the next level? And it's being able to offer that yep. um, those opportunities for them. Mm-hmm. And also if I can actually see that there are other people out there that could mentor them, then that's another opportunity. You know, for because sure. I might not be the person that can mentor them. Maybe it's somebody else that I know that is kind of on the same level as them. So Yep. Yep. If you guys are enjoying this conversation, definitely put some things in the chat. I'm seeing um, some some comments come up. I see being a good leader is bringing them to where you are and then pushing them up and out. <laughs> that is that is so true. That is so true. Um, I think if we are going to grow as individuals, we've got to be able to identify all kinds of value yes. and be able to work with and utilize all kinds of relationships. One of the things that I realized, and and I can even use myself as an example, is that in my early leadership, I was only a good leader to a certain kind of person, right? So I was very one note. 
And even as I have grown, I still think there's opportunity for me to broaden my scope to be able to be to be able to lead all kinds, all kinds of, of people. people. Right. Uh, and so I think that if you are a leader and you're aspiring to grow in that way, that's a great question to ask yourself. Like, who are you the best leader to? What kind of person gets the best out of you? And why is that? And, and, um, the, you know, for the people that are not getting the best out of you, what can you do to change that around? Because a lot of times we'll put it on the people that are, you know, that we're, we're leading or we're working with. And we'll be like, well, the reason why they're not getting the best out of me is because it's their attitude. So it's their, yeah. this, but if we're going to be everything that we can be as a leader, we've got to be able to mine the gems, mine the quality of leadership out of us, regardless of who's under Let me our tell care. You, I'm going to tell you this. So I'm going to share this. So I had an intern last year and that gave me an intern for Big Brothers Big Sisters. And the, the intern was like me. She was bubbly. She was, it was so easy. I was like, oh my gosh, I just had her ruling, right? And so this year, um, I had an intern and she came in and she was very quiet. And she was very, and I was like at first, and, and she she wouldn't mind me sharing this. At first I was like, okay. And I, she was like, I said, you okay? She said, I'm a little nervous. And she was so quiet. And and I was like, okay, God, I, I don't know. Like, how, how am I gonna how am I gonna work this? Because at first the other intern's like, hey, you know, and I'm like, hey, so this other intern came in and I'm like, okay, God, um, you're gonna have to work with me on this one. And so I sat down with her and I was like, you know what? I want to know what you think of this organization and what do you think we should be doing? And she was like, you want to know from me? I said, yes, your ideas are valuable. You are valuable. And mm -hmm. I really, I said, listen, no idea is a mm -hmm. stupid idea. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't care what you put on this piece of paper, but if you just give me some ideas, I said, you're valuable. Mm -hmm. I saw a spark in her eyes. She went and came back with some brilliant ideas. And when she gave me those ideas, I was like, oh my goodness. And we were talking and stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you know that this intern turned out to be amazing? Mm -hmm. She planned an event for us. She was, I mean... I'm telling you, at first, she she's very shy. And then the people at, at Ignite were like, what did you do? Mm -hmm. And I was like, nothing. I just talked to her. I just felt that she needed to be empowered. So it's also, what I'm saying is, is that it's also looking at that individual and seeing what can I pull out of them? Right. What, what do they need? Right. Is it confidence? Is it empowerment? Is it just somebody to listen? Is it opportunity? Right. Is it, you know what I mean? Have they been shut down a lot? So it's looking at each individual and trying to figure out, you know, where do they stand? Where, what what do they need? And, and do I have what they need? And if I mm -hmm. have that, I will try. But if not, be able to give them whatever. And the other thing I did for her was I found out that she was interested in a certain profession and I linked her up with somebody in that field. She was like, no one's ever done that for me. Mm -hmm. In her speech, she got up there without a paper and gave her speech and looked people in the eyes. She's never done that before. She's too shy. And she was saying that it was because of us that mm -hmm. they brought us big sisters. Wow. Empowering her. So what I'm saying is it's like giving, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's looking at that individual and being able to work with them where they're at and meet them where they're at. Right. And the beautiful thing that you said, and you said it a few times, is that you started thinking about what they needed. Right. But 
how oftentimes as leaders are we thinking about what the people need from us versus what we need from the people? Because if the people are not happy coming to work and they're not feeling empowered, then what type of job are they going to do for that business? Right. And some people are like, well, you applied for this job. So now why all of a sudden do I have to be like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? To get you to, to be happy, to get you to stay, to get you to do your best. Why am I having to do these things? But the fact of the matter is that is... That is part of the managing role. That is part of being a boss. That is part of being responsible for people. And that is something that that we have to wrap our minds around. For those of you who are in leadership and who aspire to leadership, yes. we'll, we'll hear this term. Um, you may or may not have heard this term called servant leader, but I really believe that all leadership is a servant leader role because as a leader, you serve the people that work with you. And so is, that's going to, that, that is what pulls out the best in you is if you can kind of keep that in mind. If we're a youth organization and someone has to, the child is sick, what type of boss am I like, ah, you can't leave now. You right. have to stay here. You know, like it's, 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 it's looking at the balance of work-life balance. It's looking at people go through stuff. People have feelings. Yeah. You know, and me being understanding without being taken advantage of, because obviously some people can take advantage of right. someone being like that. And I get it. Right. But it's, 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 you, you, you have to be human. Yep. Yeah. You have to be human. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my last question for you is, and I feel like you kind of touched on these things, but I'd like for you to give us a story. Um, what's one mistake that you have made as a boss that has changed the way that you lead? I've made a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, so I'm She's really, like, which I'm one? Saying, which one? Like, I've, made a, I've made a lot of mistakes. I mean, and I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm not perfect. I mean, I make mistakes weekly. Sorry. Um... You've written, this is a hard question because there's a lot of a lot of stuff that I could say. Okay, ask the question again. Okay, I'm <laughs> gonna ask the question and then I'm gonna talk about a comment that came through okay. to give you a chance okay. to think about it. So the question is, what's one mistake that you have made as a boss that has changed the way that you lead? Okay. And then I want to touch on this comment that came through. I see at um, where we were talking about the leader having a really great person that's on their team that could potentially feel like they're overqualified, um, that they should be either a co-lead or a leader of that leader. And they said, and the leader is getting paid more than the person that knows more. What do you think about that? I think that we could look at that a couple of different ways. I think if I were to be having the conversation with the leader who is who is uh, working with a, a very promising talent, I would say that the responsibility because of your title and the responsibility because of your role is to bolster that individual, right? So if they are promising talent, you have a responsibility because of your role to invest in them and set them up for, um, and set them up for success, right? I think it gets touchy because when you start thinking about salaries and how people are paid <laughs> and stuff like that, it's not always based on merit. No. And 
And for the person who's, who is the promising talent, just because you're a promising talent doesn't mean that you're worth more in the beginning because you may, you know, you may have a gift that's shining pretty brightly, but if you have not been in the role long enough, or if you haven't been in the throes of things long enough, then odds are you're probably not refined enough to merit the raise, right? So it really depends. And I think it's, you know, it's on a case by case basis, of course, but just because people are promising talent, I do HR work all the time. (laughs) So this is, you know, this is- I'm going to just have you all know, I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, but it's all good. (laughs) The Lord is blessing me. (laughs) Honestly, honestly, just because, just because people are promising talents, doesn't mean that they're worth, you know, worth so much more money. And, and the fact of the matter is there are people that are far, uh, they're worth far more than what they're getting paid. So salaries are just a hard thing to assess that, that when is, you're talking listen. about talent, because it really, you know, not all companies for pay charity. the same. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nobody works for a charity and gets rich, right? No. Nobody works for a church and gets rich. Like, I mean, theoretically, I can't speak to it. <laughs> can't speak to every church <laughs> but but, but <laughs> I'm, sorry. That was I'm sorry that was that was but yeah pay is pay is pay is relative so listen i i have my answer yes so th- the question was about one of the mistakes i made and one of the mistakes is caring too much not being able to have the tough conversations Ooh. Let's talk about that. So, so, so that's a part as a boss that is sometimes difficult if you have to tell somebody that, you know, maybe they're not cutting it or, or they did something incorrectly or you have to mm-hmm. reprimand or, and I'm not saying I have to do all of that, but, but that's, that's hard sure. um, for me because I care about people. So if I have to have a tough conversation, like I want to cry, you know, like that, I really like, I suck at that, but I, but I can do it now. But at first it was like, I, I just can't do this. Oh my goodness. I, I don't want to have an avoidance. I really <laughs> wanted to avoid the conversation and, and then, you know, they're like, um, you have to, this is your job. This is, look, you didn't just get paid to do this. You, this is your job. You have to be able to have the tough conversations. Yep. Yep. If you believe that you are called to be a boss in life, avoidance for hard conversations I, is I'm not the thing mm. to do. Listen, start practicing it in your personal yes. relationships so that you can be efficient and proficient in your professional conversations. Listen, I again, I'm in the, I'm in HR and when I first oh. found out that I was the one that had to have those conversations, I was like, yikes. <laughs> And you're like, it's not personal. It's not. It's not. And you want to be, it's hard. It is hard having, having hard conversations. And if it's not hard, it should be. That means you don't have no feelings if it's not hard. (laughs) If it's not hard, we have another episode for you. (laughs) Let me give that a thing. One of my, one of my board members, he was like, he was like, don't be soft. You gotta have the conversation. I'm like, Okay. You don't want to have the conversation for me, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, it's hard. 
It is. It is. Guys, we are just about out of time tonight. I'm so happy to have had you as a guest, Patrina. I'm happy to be here. Oh, yes. Fun. Yes. Listen, if you believe that you are called to level up in your life, I hope that you have taken um, some of these gems. I hope that you have written them down. One of the things that we talk about oftentimes is really having a journal, having something where you are taking down this information, right? Because if it's a new concept, you're not changed by something new that you hear one time, two times, three times. Listen, how often have we been listening to similar things for years and years and years, and we're not any closer to change or transformation. So write those things down, wrestle with them, give them a think, okay? Meditate or reflect on them, whatever you need to do to get them, to get it in your mind. And begin to assess yourself against where you're trying to go, okay? That's a part of the growth journey. Like, it doesn't just happen by osmosis. As much as we want it to, growth does not just happen to us. It stopped just happening to us when we were children (laughs) and our bodies were just growing, right? (laughs) I think any other growth that we experience right now at this age is probably not in the direction that we... It's not good. Can you stop? (laughs) When our bodies start growing, (laughs) they're growing in a direction in a way we don't want help us lord help Help us us to stop growing in those ways (laughs) and help us to grow in better ways (laughs) i'm sorry no we're just having a good laugh this this has been a lot of fun yeah you know, but I just want to encourage everybody that's out there that that's trying to achieve their goals and working towards their what God's called them to do. You know, don't get discouraged. Just mm-hmm. just keep focused. If you know that you have a purpose and a plan, don't drown out those outside voices. That's right. That's right. Drown out the haters. Yes. But don't drown out the constructive criticism. No. Don't drown out the things that are going to cause you to grow, right? Don't throw the baby sometimes out growth, with the bathwater. And, and, and I'll say this one thing, though. Sometimes growth hurts. A lot of it times hurts. it does. It hurts. Yes, it hurts right. a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get to that next level, it hurts. Sometimes your feelings are going to get hurt. Sometimes you're, you're not. You're going to be discouraged. Sometimes you're going to feel like you're not moving anywhere. You're walking in circles, mm-hmm. but you just got to keep at it. You That's gotta right. Keep focused and, and just keep plugging forward. And um, I have to tell you, I mean, running an off for profit. Some days I wake up and I'm like, am I really doing anything? <laughs> like it's just like. And yeah. then other days you 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 see a testimonial or you see something happening. Like yes, I'm I'm doing this. I'm got this. But other days it's 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 not easy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a journey for the faint of heart um, in leadership, you know? Absolutely. And I also want to say this one thing before we get out of here because we are out of time. But um, one of the things that I struggled with in my growth journey was feeling misunderstood. So oftentimes like, oh, like that's not what I meant and that's not really what I was trying to do and I don't feel like people understand me and all this stuff. And I would spend so much time talking, trying to make myself understood, trying to make sure that the person on the opposite end understood, Understood. right? But you were saying this and you've said it a few times tonight. Sometimes it's just best to hold your peace. Growing, growing and being better is more valuable sometimes than being understood. Sometimes you just, I I stopped explaining myself a time ago because it's like, what's the point? Right. Like even if people understand what you're trying to say, does it change anything? No, it doesn't. Right. And a lot of times we'll use that because we're trying to deflect or redirect um, painful information or uncomfortable situations, but that's not really 
the the overarching goal that we're going after. The goal is to grow. The goal is to be refined as an individual. And so for whoever that's for tonight, I just want to encourage you. It is more valuable to grow than it is to be understood. So don't die on the hill of being understood. Okay. Keep fighting, keep developing yourself. And if you have to hold your peace yes, and just grow through it, yes, grow through it. Everybody, it has been a pleasure. Thank you again for watching and we will see you next week. Good night. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E. L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment, on YouTube.